listening to the Dev Sounds podcast, where we chat about our projects and experiment with ideas. What are we talking about today, Nana? Presentations. We're going to talk about all things presentations, and by presentations, I mean PowerPoint presentations to be specific, slide decks, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, where you had to prepare something and present that to a group of people, maybe one person. Do you have any that are that you can think of that were a one-person presentation? Yes, that is in one of my lists. I see. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you want to just get into it? Let's do it. All right. Well, what what's your most notable college or high school presentation that you've given? Well, the most notable one, or the one that I remember the most, honestly, <laughs> uh, was a presentation I had to give in one of my um, electrical engineering classes. It was a ECE 400 level course, I think. Anyway, like ECE? What is that? Oh, uh, sorry. That means electrical and computer engineering. Cool. Yeah, it's a, it's one of the fields in... Um, University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, woo-woo, shout out, BYUC. Anyway, uh, yeah, I had to give a presentation for uh, like a final project, essentially, and it was a big deal because it had to explain, you know, your whole project for the semester, why you chose it, what problem does it solve for, how did you build your solution and did it work? And then essentially you get a pass-fail grade <laughs> based on that. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. It was a big deal. Big stakes. Deal. <laughs> High stakes for a college student. How did it feel? How did it go? Uh, it went well. I passed the class. That's all that mattered. Um, it was nerve-wracking. You know, I, me and my uh, project partner, we both wore our suits, you know, college kid suits, uh, gave our presentation to a panel of our professor and I think a couple TAs. Um, so, yeah, there was like a full panel, but we were all in like a classroom setting. So in hindsight, like, it, you know, it's pretty no big deal. But, you know, I, I was nervous. My partner was nervous, but we, we did it. And nice. we passed. Yay. Yeah. yeah, I feel like some presentations, especially earlier on in life, it's like, just have to get through this thing. Like, I, I, don't, I don't fully understand what I'm doing or what's mm-hmm. at stake. I just need to survive this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, for kids, giving presentations is very foreign, very unfamiliar. You're like, why? Why? It's like public speaking. Why am I doing this? But I don't know. It's a skill you have to learn. Totally. What about you? What's your most notable college or high school presentation? Well, since we're sticking with presentations, like for college, I, I it was I went to music school, so it was mostly all about recitals, and my senior recital was all over the place. I had to prepare scores and rehearse, and uh, there are a lot of th- things I had to sort of improvise during the recital. But I guess presentation-wise... Pretty much the only one I remember in high school was a music theory presentation I did. I analyzed the song Roundabout by Yes, and there's a lot going on in that song, and it was my favorite song at the time. And 
I mean, it's an amazing song to this day to me. Shout out to yes. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, like I I remember being like, wow, I'm enjoying preparing for this presentation. And I am putting all my musical nerddom for display. And it's a good thing. And I'm going to get a good grade on this. Yay. (laughs) That sounds fun. I mean, like presentations in high school seem like the most fun things ever, right? Yeah, yeah. I took like four music classes my senior year. Like I was able to pick a bunch of electives. Uh, It was great. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Well, what about your most nervous uh, presentation? Which ones were you the most nervous for? Oh, yeah. I think so getting into the tech industry, like deciding to change careers from music, I initially went to a code pen meetup like this the advice is to go to meetups and like actually meet people in the industry what an idea um the first one i went to everyone was doing all this really impressive stuff someone was making a mobile app and like showing how to like debug finger presses and stuff on it and i was like i don't know what's going on uh so i like i i I knew the standard was pretty high for doing these kinds of things So when I actually had something to show at the next CodePen meetup I went to, this was after I went to boot camp, Mm -hmm. I was super nervous because like I had already set this high bar for myself for it. Mm -hmm. And the idea was to show the evolution of my random music generator app as starting as a all like text app. Then I, and I used CodePen to do it. It was just all front end, like submit a form, and then it would just spit out numbers or letters or whatever. So someone would have to go out of their way to play it. And then I was like, so this is the before, and it started on CodePen, and CodePen's awesome for providing a platform that I could do this. And then I showed, like, after my boot camp, I had it deployed on Heroku, and you could actually hear the melodies that were generated, and people were like, I I got, like, such good feedback from it, but I was so nervous. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because I was, like, trying to put myself out there. I wasn't super confident with my skills. Um, But, yeah, that worked out. (laughs) Yeah, it sounded like it went well. Yeah, yeah, it went went well. It was, like, the proportion of how well it went versus how nervous I was. Mm. was Do you attribute most of the nerves to just your like own expectations that you put on yourself? I think so. There were plenty of people there. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know what any of their skills were. Uh, I, it was a first impression on all these people and I'm Mm -hmm. trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, get into the industry and make good first impressions. So, uh, I think it was a combination of factors for sure. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, especially like an in-person presentation in a room full of strangers. Yeah, that must have been really nerve-wracking. Yeah, and I was doing a live demo, which I didn't even (laughs) realize how risky that was. Live demos are always cursed, uh, for those who don't know. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? Do you have a most nervous nervous talk? Yes, um... I remember when I first joined um, the company that we currently work in, 
that was like over a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my like 30, 60, 90 day goals was to give a tech talk, which is essentially a presentation to the whole engineering department. Uh, it was like something that happened every month just to, you know, help engineers like uh, refine their presentation skills and like share knowledge, right? Um, so yeah, I was new to the company and I had to cross off a thing of my list, you know? So I picked a topic that I felt the most knowledgeable, knowledgeable about at the time. Um, and it was, um, uh, talk about being a marginalized person in the tech industry. I, I had a couple, a whole bunch of feelings about it because one, I realized I could have picked a more technical topic like, oh, let's talk about React or Redux or something like super technical, or I could talk about like a softer skill kind of topic, talking about like experiences. And I decided to go for that because it was more relatable and I, I felt like if I got questions about anything, I could give better answers as opposed to, like, if I talked about a technical topic. I, I had this fear. I still have this fear where if someone asks me a technical question, I can't answer it. So that that was my mental gymnastics at the time. <laughs> I remember this talk, and I loved it. Uh, from the title, I thought, like, whoa, this could be kind of negative sounding like woe is me this is what I've gone through but I got a lot out of it it was like your perspective was definitely enlightening for me and it didn't turn that didn't turn out that way at all so that was that was very memorable for me when you gave that talk and we I think we had a good talk we had a good discussion afterwards yeah yeah um that that makes me that still makes me so happy to hear because uh, yeah like when you first hear that that phrase like being a marginalized person in the industry that sounds controversial already um and I really tried to make my slides as like friendly and as humorous as possible because i I didn't want it to be about oh, here's all the negative things that happened to me. Oh, I hate these kinds of people. But I, I wanted it to be a, a learning experience and a learning opportunity for people um, so that, you know, we, we don't keep making mistakes, right? And uh, it, it was especially nerve-wracking because being a marginalized person, I was in a room full of essentially white dudes you know like people who don't look like me (laughs) and I was very nervous about that I was like oh boy here we go I'm talking to the demographic that's totally opposite of like my experience so I was very very nervous about that yeah that makes total sense I feel like our company doesn't have I'm trying to, I don't know how to put, like maybe diversity isn't represented physically so much, but I feel like ideologically it is. Yes. Like your thoughts were very welcome here. I didn't feel like you were saying something that people would get offended with. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't sure because you just joined our team and I was like, whoa, is Nana going to reveal like 
that she's just constantly like on the defense about stuff and <laughs> she can't have fun anywhere she goes. It was it was very refreshing to see that you were just like, hey, just sharing what I've gone through and yeah, maybe you should know about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you brought up a good point there where I felt safe to talk about it, even though, you know, the, the demographic of the audience is opposite to me, like physically. Um, yeah, the ideology, the values that we we all share is very diverse, which is why I felt safe talking about it. I feel like we should do a somehow do a diversity related episode, maybe even on this talk. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's such a good such a good perspective. And like you said about your decision to not make a specifically technical talk or a soft skills talk. This is more like, this is just a, the human condition mm -hmm. and how the tech industry is now. So, yeah, this, I feel like we could talk a lot about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was me and my most nervous presentation. Nice, yeah, uh, totally understandable. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, let's... uh Let's do the opposite. What was a talk that you gave that you were most comfortable giving? I don't have like a super specific one, but whenever I have to give a presentation or a, I think of them as demos. Um, so when I have to give demos to my team, that's when I feel the most comfortable. Um, so whether it's about like specific code reviews or how I fixed a particular bug. Um, I felt very comfortable giving these types of presentations. And I think that's because it was very low stakes. I knew my audience, like, personally, like we were all, you know, friends, coworkers. Um, and there wasn't any, like, pressure to deliver, I don't know, like, super impactful things I guess so yeah like whenever I have to demonstrate something for a team my team I'm like oh yeah sure whatever I can do that like tomorrow as long as I have time to make some um, PowerPoint slides what about you what are you most comfortable presenting but before I get into me I wanted to say that uh yeah that makes sense with internal demos it's more like this is what happened mm -hmm. you know like a, sort of a journalistic side and uh, someone else on the team could have taken it so it's like well this is how I solved it and and it's also knowledge sharing which you would want yeah. your team to do anyway so so yeah I can see how that's a comfortable experience yeah and and to add a little bit to that I think they were the, the like Q&As that come out of those presentations were very productive and I don't know, it, it was good. I wasn't scared about the Q&As for those types of presentations, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, totally. Like you, you, you were just working on that. You know all the ins and outs. So if someone has a question you can't answer, it's like, well, I'm going to have to look into that because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just didn't yeah. come up. Yeah, but like even saying I don't know to something for, you know, one of those questions, it, it was still fine because I guess 
there was that safety of this is my team. I'm not going to be like criticized. I'm not going to be judged harshly if I uh, like don't have a solution right now. Yeah, and it's it's nice when your team doesn't have anybody that's uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for. That's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, internal demos. The I could imagine that not going as well as someone's just trying to be a jerk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, why'd you do it like this? But why? That's bad. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, nice. Yeah. So the um, the talk that I. I think I felt the most comfortable with one I gave recently was a lunch and learn, which was 45 minutes long on design patterns, like architectural patterns and class diagrams and stuff and using TypeScript. And I, I think I'm putting, like, I felt comfortable, like I knew it was going to be a long talk so I could take my time with it. And I had spent, I don't know, over a year researching the topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it, it wasn't too in-depth that I felt like I was missing any details. It was supposed to be just an overview and a code demo. And I felt great doing it. Like, I, I, since it was more recent, like, I've gotten into the flow of doing presentations and I like them now. Mm-hmm. So this one was sort of, sort of confirmed that, and I want to turn this into a series. So this was, it was a nice validation that, yeah, this could this could be a good series of talks. I remember you giving that talk, and I was very impressed at how comfortable you were. Because you know, for some or most people, giving a forty-five minute presentation is probably very difficult and nerve-wracking. Like, you have to talk for that long. Like, wow, I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> this is kind of funny. Like, we haven't, as a company, had lunch and learns for a while. And the idea was that the, the our company would actually host a lunch and, like, maybe bring, provide some food. But I, I think what added to the comfort was uh, I was at home. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> presenting this on Zoom. And so it was just like, well, it's up to you to bring your own lunch. Sorry. So, <laughs> but I rebooted it because like, I I don't know if I'm the only one, but we have tech talks that are only supposed to be 10 or 15 minutes long. And I wanted a longer talk mm-hmm. venue. And I was like, all right, it's lunch and learn. I'm starting this up again. Cool. Done. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So it, it felt nice to be able to just get that started again. Yeah. Nice. Um, do you have a talk where you got really good feedback from the crowd? I would say it was that um, um, tech talk that I gave about being a marginalized person. I got a lot of um, slacks, PMs, sorry, not PMs, DMs. <laughs> uh, people slid into your DMs. People slid into my Slack DMs um, <laughs> afterwards. And it was a lot more than I expected. I didn't think anyone would, to be honest, but I got a whole bunch and I was like, wow, a lot of people resonated with, you know, what I talked about. And 
they felt heard, which was so, I don't know, it did something with my heart. It was heartwarming. And it's nice to hear. Yeah. And it also gave me that validation that I I picked the right topic. I I did okay. Um, I did the right thing in picking that controversial topic. So yeah, that, that felt really good. I felt really good about that. That's awesome. What about you? What's uh, a presentation where you got the most feedback or the best feedback? I did a tech talk on what I could improve about my capstone project. So my bootcamp project that I presented for launch day is called Vocode. And it was basically like you talk and the computer goes, I registered what you said and popped out some snippets. So like... I want a React component, and it would spit that out. So that was Vocode. I gave a talk about what I would change about the code, the source code of the application. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did that at, at Jellyvision. And then I, I did it again at my boot camp because I realized, yeah, I... This could be relevant to people in boot camp right now, like mm-hmm. how I would change my capstone project. So when I gave it there, uh, a bunch of people had questions at the end. I wound up talking to them for a while. I got some mentees out of doing it because I was like, and if you know, you want to get together and talk about mentorship, just throwing it out there. I wasn't expecting anyone. So that had a really great waterfall response, which was nice. Nice. That sounds really, like, I want to say that probably felt very um, fulfilling, you know? Yeah, it was. It was was validating. Like, this seemed helpful for people, and they thought I had enough knowledge to be worth mentoring them. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) I I hear some of that imposter syndrome leaking through. (laughs) Oh, totally. I I live with that. I gotta, I just... I don't know. I well, What's the word when you... Yeah, self-deprecation, you mm-hmm. know? Like, mm-hmm. I do that so easily. I don't know if it's good, but I'm always, like, laughing at myself about it. Like, oh, there's that imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> happens to all of us. Happens to the best of us. Yeah. But it's great that you, you know, you gave a presentation twice, and you got great feedback from it. That's honestly really cool, I think. I've never given something twice. Yeah, it's something to consider, like reusing content. Do you always have to think of something new? Like mm-hmm. if something went well once, refine it a little bit for a yeah. different audience and go crazy. Yeah. How how large was the audience? Uh, it was a pretty big cohort, like nice. 25 or 30 people. That's awesome. Uh, and, and it was recorded. I don't know how many people oh. have watched it, but... I, it is available if if people want to see it. You're on the cloud. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, what is a presentation where it had the most impact? Like I don't know, stakeholders are involved or something. Um, this is a little bit of a stretch, but I gave a tech talk comparing JavaScript testing frameworks. It was born out of me not being super satisfied with with the framework we were using Hmm. like we would webpack all the code with 
this thing called Mocha Pack, mm -hmm. which took a while and then it would run the tests. I was like, is this standard? And I didn't really get anywhere with like telling the team about it. So I decided to take a different angle and just like compare some three popular frameworks and maybe one of them would solve our problem. Uh, it wound up that I just learned a ton about testing frameworks and didn't necessarily apply it to our team. But another team came to me and was like, hey, you just did this presentation. Can you help us decide if we're going to stick with Mocha or switch to Jest or something? And I was like, well, uh, yes, I know a lot about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, they wanted to switch, but I was like, nah, Mocha does everything. It's my top choice. And they're mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, cool. And it was good to, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I feel like this had maybe the most potential impact given that one team that asked me about it. Like maybe I could advise other teams or do more talks for people that are, looking to pick the right testing framework. Yeah, I think that's really awesome that you became their go-to person, right? Because you were like, oh, I know these things. I can help you make some choices based on what I know. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and I guess I should shout out my mentor. He he was the one that like sort of gave me the idea to to make this talk. And then I think he was the person that was actually the go-between between the person who who needed to know mm. about testing frameworks. It's like, oh, yeah, remember that talk that Dave gave? Oh, yeah, cool, talk to him. So, so yeah, shout out. Yeah, that's awesome. You got a connection. That's right. Nice. How about you? Any uh, super impactful talks? Uh, kind of, yeah. So I, I made a slide deck. And I made it as a thought exercise for if I was an engineering manager, this is how I would run the team or this is what I would do if I was the manager for the team. And this was back when we <laughs> didn't have a, uh, like a, a, a functional manager um, and I was essentially trying to just do stuff and see what happens um and i made this slide deck i i brought it up to someone higher higher than me who could make decisions and i was like here's here's what i would do if i was managing the team and i wanted to do it because i want to know if i am on the right track and it's not that i want to be promoted to be a manager on this team even though i secretly did um, but it was more like, I, I want to know if this is the right way to go. Right. And I didn't really have anyone at that time who could tell me this is all the steps that you need to do and take in order to gain the skills and experience you need to become a manager. And so I was reading books at the time. I was just thinking a lot about just stuff on the team and, I wanted to like consolidate all of that really and figure out, you know, is this the right path? Am I doing the right thing? Is it even worthwhile? And so, yeah, it was a slide deck. I, I went through like people, tech, product, and um, 
process, yeah, the, the four pillars when it comes to managing. And I, yeah, I presented, you know, to one person and I thought that it was pretty high stakes because this could, you know, either prove that I'm thinking correctly about stuff or I'm just totally off base and not manager material. And I was really putting myself out there. Uh, so yeah, I was a tiny bit nervous, but also it, it was something I wanted to do. And I, I think it had a, a big impact on my, my career. Big impact being you became an engineering manager? Uh, no, I'm not a, I'm not a, it's weird. I, I kind of, yes, I got promoted. I am managing people now. Uh, so I think it worked out well, <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't have that title yet. I don't have the engineering manager title. So getting there, heading in the yeah, right yeah. direction. Of course. I, of course I, I knew the answer to that. I should have, uh, I should have put it a little more generally, but what was it? What was I going to say? But it did sort of confirm that you are on the right track and that you want to be an engineering manager. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, first, I, I love how you put, how you presented it as a thought exercise. That is something in the How to Think Like a Rocket Scientist book that I'm reading. No way. <laughs> he talks about uh, thought experiments and he like really emphasizes how Einstein did that all the time. And basically, like you throw away all the constraints like, mm. and you threw away the constraints of like, well, I don't know if I can be directly promoted to this, but let's just pretend I could. And here's what I would do. Mm -hmm. So that is something extremely notable and super props to you. Oh, thanks. I mean, oh. being compared to Einstein, that's awesome. I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> you're, you're basically Einstein. And do you still have those slides? I would love to see them at some point. I do. Yeah. Happy to share them with you. Cool. Nice. Big impact. Yeah, that's that's some serious impact. <laughs> serious. <laughs> Your impact was so serious right there. <laughs> <laughs> Big impact. Serious impact. Impactful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, let's get to let's get to some fun here. What was a talk that you gave that you had the most fun giving? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, very recently, I gave a tech talk on content engineering. Um, so, again, it was a, like 10 to 15 minute presentation to our tech department. Um, and I made this um, slide deck about how we are content engineers, but we don't know it. And actually, I have to give you props for suggesting suggesting that title because initially I had like what content engineering or something really boring, and you were like, "We're content engineers, but we don't know it." So you you came up with the topic. Thank you for letting me use that. <laughs> yeah, that was really fun workshopping that talk. Really fun. Thank you for <laughs> thanks thanks for listening to my uh, <laughs> my half brained ideas. <laughs> Um, it, it was really fun because, again, it wasn't like a super technical um, talk, but I, I had observed some architecture similarities between some teams, 
And I was like, this is crazy. Does no one else see this? Am I the only person who's seeing this? And so I came up with that topic because I wanted to know if other people were seeing the same things as I was or if they had other ideas about it. And I, I think it went pretty well because people were surprised, I think, about the similarities and how it came about. Um, it had a lot to do with, you know, product strategies and how it changed and how it informed our architecture over the years. Uh, and I had a lot of fun um, memes in there, like Sad Doge or Strong Doge. Yeah, those are the best. Yeah, those were so those were fun. I tried to make it as fun as possible. Um, and I, I think it was helpful. I got a lot of like, huh, never thought about this. Or, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, think, I think it was helpful. I think it went well. It was. I had the same, like, wow. Huh. I can't believe we're like implementing this pattern and no one is conscious of it and it's not documented anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard because like, you know, a, a company with a huge system, like it's really hard to keep track of the high level scale and, you know, what we're actually doing on a large scale. So I wanted to bring that up and remind you know, our fellow technical folks about what we're delivering at the end of the day to our customers. So, yeah. Yeah, another great thing about your talk was all the visuals you provided. Like, you showed, like, all right, here's one way to think about it in the abstract. And then you were using colors and circles to show the patterns. And you showed them, like, so crystal clearly and then you also pulled up our like overall architecture diagram that uh, one of the architects at our company made. And it was just like, just a mess. It looked like a spider web of different <laughs> systems all interconnecting. Yeah. And like, it really, really illustrated the point you were making. Like, like we've somehow arrived at this amongst all of this. Mm -hmm. So I feel like... I don't know, out of all of our talks that we've talked about, like that one had the most captivating visuals. Hmm. I, that makes me feel good hearing that, yeah. I, I thought a lot about those circles and rectangles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, let's, let's pick colors, let's pick shapes. They're all very simple, like honestly, just rudimentary shapes. And yeah, that's, thank you. I, I'm happy to hear that. I took a class called visualization for presentations and it was all about showing data in a way that was like really like the audience could actually understand with the correct visual and after taking that class I'm like oh I need like huge data sets to show off because now I know how to do this but that like hasn't really come up for me that much and with you it wasn't so much about like crazy amounts of data but you somehow like hit that like immediate oh i get it yeah mm. with the visuals so so kudos Thank lots you. of kudos congrats pat on the back yeah yeah the uh a podcast not a podcast <laughs> 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 a podcast i'm doing right now is this one <laughs> uh, 
a talk that I gave recently um, that was most fun was about the podcast that we are going to release soon for Jellyvision. And I, that one was just like loaded with memes. It wasn't really a tech talk. It was just like, hey, here's what we're up to. And I tried to make it as funny as possible. There was like a picture of Bart Simpson wearing headphones and like wiggling his fingers around, like looking like he was all into it and stuff. And uh, I made sure to play a clip that was funny. And then I had people vote on like, what should, what should, you know, cause like the talk was, had some mention of like, oh, it could be this or that. So like had people vote in Slack. And so, yeah, this talk, it wasn't even, I didn't even make 10 minutes, but it was just all supposed to be engaging and fun and get people to maybe join the podcast group. <laughs> so that was my most fun presentation. I, I loved it. I was smiling and laughing throughout that uh, presentation. And so were so many other people during the, the talk you gave. I thought it was so engaging, so funny. And also you picked really like colorful and animated images, which worked really well. It was super engaging. Yeah. Like show me, don't tell me, you know, mm -hmm. like we're, we're releasing this podcast on Anchor. We're also going to release that other one on Anchor. And I found I found an image that had this, like, it was an animated GIF of it squiggling. And it just added that little bit of, like, this is supposed to be fun kind of element. Yes, yes. Yeah, definitely. So fun. The, the Zoom chat was just blowing up while you were talking. It was great. Nice. <laughs> what about... A presentation where you learned the most. Was there something that you talked about where you were like, huh, I'm actually learning a lot while I'm doing this? Yeah, I used to make a lot of music education videos and put them on YouTube. And they didn't get that many views. Well, some of them did. The, the jazz guitar ones got a fair amount of view. But I, did, I, I made this really weird one where I was like, all right you can get inspiration from songs directly. So I just would be like, all right, I'm not going to tell you what the song is, but I'm just going to start improvising based on the song. Mm -hmm. And I did that for like 14 minutes or something. And then at the end I was like, um, yeah, if you got anything out of this, great. Yeah. So go song, go write some songs. Yeah. And one of my students that I was teaching he was like, all right, I got some feedback for your videos. They're really cool. But I, I feel like you, th there's a framework that works really well in the military. Um, it's tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them. Tell them what you told them. And I was like, that sounds obnoxiously simple. <laughs> and I was like almost offended because he was like, I don't know what you're talking about, basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm learning here. But I thought about it and I was like, yeah, if I'm going to make what I call teaching videos, it should be really clear what I'm teaching and like have that kind of framework, which I realized from that, that class I was telling you about that that has three elements in it, you know, like an intro, a body and an outro. Mm -hmm. Like these are things that people expect and it's something to latch onto. And I was trying to get meta and creative about mm -hmm. creativity. And yeah. So I, I learned a lot from like someone actually watching a video and then telling me like how it could be better in a way that 
He didn't, he, and he didn't say it in a mean way. It was mm-hmm. just like, oh, shit. My video made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> but it was super kind of him to, you know, give you that feedback, right? Yeah, I, I was lucky to teach a lot of students that were older than me. Like, mm. I, I really enjoyed teaching people who had been playing guitar for a long time, but they felt like they were in a rut mm-hmm. and they didn't necessarily, like, know what they were doing because they, they didn't, like, read music, so they didn't really have access to music theory and stuff. So I really liked finding that, like, all right, you already know how to put your fingers on the guitar kind of thing. So this person that gave me the advice already like had a wealth of things he could say like I should have been taking lessons from him and some things you know <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah I think that was a, a cool learning experience for me that's awesome that's nice to hear I I feel like the the most recent talk I gave about content engineering that's where I learned the most I learned the most from you to be honest Uh, Yeah, because I had like, I had my first draft of slides and I was so excited and I showed it to you. And I remember you were like, you know, you might want to move this here, move this there and think about the format, like talk about the situation, I think. Right. Yep. Situation. And then the complication. Complication. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This framework's amazing. Situation, complication resolution yes yes situation gosh darn it complication (laughs) resolution and that really stuck with me because it made me realize like my my slide deck was just my thought process and at first I was like here let me take you through my thought process of how I came up with this whole idea and it made me realize like it's very like roller coastery. Um, like I talk about the situation in a couple different times and the the, compl- the complications, like I'm skipping through them here and there and then the resolution, like also like skipping through them here and there. And that that framework really helped me organize my, my shit. And that was really illuminating. And I learned a lot from that. I learned a lot from you. That's awesome to hear. Like that... It's nice to hear that because, like, I've been enjoying giving presentations lately, and I took that class, and being able to pass that on is awesome. And, and like, just remembering that the end of the day, the talk, like, it's for the audience to have a takeaway, mm-hmm. right? So keeping that in mind as the central point, I think is, yeah, it's the thing to do. I don't know how to end that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think like um, we we're always told about having you know intro, body, outro, but what goes into the intro? What goes into the body? What goes into the outro? Sometimes it's having that very loose framework isn't enough. Like we need something more specific, like you said. Uh, whether it's the the military way of tell them what you're gonna tell them, tell them, tell them what you told them. It's almost a different way of doing, like, situation, complication, resolution, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Having that that overarching framework, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really cool stuff. That's what you should do if you're giving a presentation. 
yeah, keep the audience in mind. That's what I was trying to say. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not just, just about, I, I know I get into the, like, here's everything I know about this, but is is that what the audience needs to hear, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I think out of everything, you still have to um, think about your audience first and foremost. You know, like, is what you're going to talk about going to be something they care about, you know? It's like, you don't want to bore them, right? Right, right. Yeah, we're not just checking on a checklist. Like, I gave a talk, like, the talk having impact. And mm-hmm. I think that's maybe that's what's tough about getting into presentations is if your talks don't have an impact, you're not really going to get people responding to it. Mm -hmm. So then you're not going to be incentivized to do another talk, you know? Right. So it's like your talk has to be good Mm -hmm. (laughs) in order to get anything out of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and like the, the nitty gritty details about how to make it engaging is where the whole frameworks come in. But yeah, like overall, your audience and um, um, the the content essentially is the big one. Do you think, like, I guess stepping back a little bit, do you think being able to present well is a good life skill or just like, eh, you know, if you like doing it, you like doing it? I think it's a useful skill to have. I don't think everyone needs it, but... If you ever want to persuade someone, having a slide deck is probably the most impactful way to go because you have your visuals, you have your organized thoughts, and there's some psychology around it, I think, where you're going to you're trying to persuade someone and having a presentation is a tool for that. So, overall, yes. Do you always need it? No. What, what do you think? I, yeah, going back to the persuasion thing, I think as a software engineer, we need to persuade people all the time. Yes, yes. <laughs> like whether it be like, I want to pick this NPM library. Like I can't just make that choice on my own. I have to get buy-in from the team. And I don't need to make a slide deck for that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, just like, if you, if you expand that to, I need to persuade a group of people, well, then you need to make some sort of presentation. Because if you just give someone like 30 pages of documentation to read, it's like, uh, I don't know, it's very time consuming to do that and not that pleasant. So I really think at the end of the day, it does come down to having good speaking skills, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is like, can I just think of stuff and say it (laughs) yeah I think it's it's helped me be more comfortable doing this so I I agree like maybe certain industries you don't need to persuade people but I feel like we need to (laughs) pretty often yes agreed yeah I think software engineers um or actually I should say any engineers um you, there's always going to be an element of persuasion. You're going to try to convince someone on something. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think having a presentation skills or just, you know, good persuasion skills by communicating your thoughts coherently is going to be quite important. 
Yeah, and I guess I'll just, you know, speak to the elephant in the room. Like, what are we trying to persuade people? It's usually to spend time or money on something. Mm -hmm. So, like, being able to persuade in the business sense is pretty helpful. I remember a talk that one of our former colleagues gave about, what was the topic? It was like, it wasn't persuading about tech debt. It was like, was it just persuading in general? I, was it the one where he said you have to go to more people, get their feedback? Was it that one? Yeah, that might have been part of it. It was basically like there's like a, a, a Wikipedia page on a hundred different things that are aspects of software that you could convince people with. Oh. Man, I should look that talk up. Yeah. But anyway, like... Yeah, in terms of persuading people in a business sense, like finding what they value yes, and speaking to that, not just here are a bunch of facts, you put them together, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's another thing to keep in mind with presentations. Yep. Time or money. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Any other uh, takeaways from your talks? Yeah, I think... Um Presenting is always going to be nerve-wracking for people. And, you know, the only way to get around it is by practicing. Got to just do it. Uh, it's exposure therapy, but <laughs> it works, you know. Um, challenge yourself to give more engaging presentations or more impactful presentations. Find a way to make it... Uh, fun for yourself too because you don't want to do something that's not you know enjoyable in the at the end of the day right like if you want it to be something where you gain a skill or experience too so yeah just practice that is awesome advice <laughs> i can't i can't add anything good to that anything else you want to add to learning or presenting? Uh, yeah, I was going to... Just you saying practice, like, made me want to be like, yeah, practicing. I always practice my talks. I practice them out loud like 20 times <laughs> <laughs> and record them and listen to them. Maybe that is good advice. I don't know. Actually, that is good advice. Uh, recording your practice sessions uh, sounds really smart. I did not do that. I should do that. Yeah, like when I do that and then listen back, I'm like, wow, this pacing is horrible. You know, like you hear it right away. Whereas when you're giving a talk and staring at slides, mm -hmm. you kind of lose the, you, you lose your sense of time, yes. you know? Yes. Oh, something I thought about too is, uh, practice it with another person. Tell them, not tell them, but get their feedback, get their honest feedback. So practice it with someone you trust who will give you the hard truths, you know? I think that's uh, one way to learn, too, when you practice. Oh, yeah. Workshopping is so valuable, for mm -hmm. sure. Well, cool. Um, to wrap up, are there any talks you want to give in the future? Yeah, I have. <laughs> I have a lot of talks I want to give. Um, since doing that initial random music generators talk at that CodePen meetup, like the app has grown a lot since then. I've got over like 
115,000 people who have used the app. Um, I want to give like a really big scale talk and sort of hit on like combining coding and music or coding and creativity somehow. Because like this is an app that just won't die for me. It just started mm -hmm. as a little side project that I thought would be like, okay, yeah, people might use this, whatever. Um, so yeah, making like a, a nice big talk about that. I want to continue um, that design pattern series. And I, I don't know, I just feel like I got webinars in me, like pretty much on anything that I know. I, I could think of like maybe like a side gig of doing webinars and and uh, workshops and stuff. So, yeah, lots of talks I want to give. How about you? Uh, one talk that I feel like that got away or something that I wish I had talked about was when we tried to deploy an app but failed miserably because there were so many complications and so many mistakes, so many things we didn't think through. I think it's worth like sharing with people um, so that's something I want to talk about in the future. Yeah, this was a project that it was you, me, and another engineer. And oh boy, did we learn a lot from what not to do. That was, <laughs> yeah. a, that was a like, here was our spectacular failure kind yes. of talk. Yes. And I think you learn maybe more from your failures than your successes. So oh, yeah. that, that one is a loaded topic filled with good failure goodness. <laughs> Yes, I, you know, that one experience sticks with me through this day where like on, on projects now, I'm like, oh, have you done this? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Because those were the things that we experienced in our failed project. So I am very grateful it happened. I am sorry it happened, but I'm very grateful because it... It, it taught me so much and I'm applying it to, you know, current projects, which have not experienced those failures. Yeah. I think having that takeaway is, yeah, you could beat yourself up about it or you could just be like, wow, all right, now I know what not to do. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Same for me. So yeah, if anyone out there has given presentations and bombed spectacularly, I would love to hear, you know, what did you learn from that? Or if you gave a really great presentation and got tons of great feedback, I would also love to hear about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us about your failures. Tell us about your successes. And if you have any resources that you love, like I took that class, maybe there's a book that you've read that like really helped you in your presentations. Yeah, we want to hear about it. Tell us all about it. Thanks for listening to Dev Sounds. We appreciate you. Stay rad.